Hey guys, welcome to Cup of Connections. I'm Portia and we're here coming to you from our virtual cafe, Better with a Cup of Coffee. We are savoring relationships with coffee lovers around the world and sharing their experiences that have been better with a cup of coffee. Hey guys, thank you for joining us. Today we have a special guest because you know we've been doing some road trip podcasts, but we have a special guest because when we were in Colorado, we went to a symphony in Boulder. It's the Colorado Music Festival. It was during the summer. This is my wife here. She went to school with our guests. So my wife I know. (laughs) My wife is gonna introduce our guest. Go ahead, babe. We have here today Elizabeth Collins. I met her when I was in college. I kind of idolized her back in the day because she was an amazing horn player and still an amazing person. What did you guys go to school for? Music. Well, hello, Liz. Welcome. Yeah. I think the name that you're probably grasping at is Chautauqua. Yes. Chautauqua. (laughs) And there are plenty of Chautauquas. I believe there are 17 of them in the U.S. now. It was a movement um, about 120 plus years ago to create these little pockets of culture and education for people to get respite in um, the summer. Usually, I think in the case of Colorado, Chautauqua, the movement was mainly teachers from Texas who were trying to escape the heat. And so they created this beautiful space in Boulder, Colorado, and The auditorium that my festival, the Colorado Music Festival, performs at is the Chautauqua Auditorium. And they're celebrating their 125th year this year. So that gives you an idea. The structure that you were in, that's the original structure. They do such an incredible job of maintaining all of these structures. And Chautauqua is one of the best historical sites in the country. It's been voted as such. Um, Definitely coming out to check it out, certainly during our festival season, but also just because it's really a spectacular place. They have cottages that you can rent and stay there. And it's like being on a different planet. Like it is really, truly an escape from daily hustle and bustle. So. Oh, that's interesting. Aren't you guys close? Aren't you close to the university, Boulder University? We are. Uh, CU mm-hmm. is, um, its flagship is in Boulder. It is very much integrated into the community in Boulder and uh Yes, that there are other campuses, but Boulder is is a big one. Yeah, when I went to school in Colorado, when I played tennis, we played Boulder. But then it was cool putting it together and seeing how close you were to the university and the community. Yeah. All these little quaint houses and tennis court mm-hmm. in the middle, and it was beautiful. Yeah. So, if you're the director of the Chautauquan concert, it's interesting because the the Colorado Music Festival is a separate entity than Chautauqua. And so Chautauqua, we just reside each summer for our festival. And and we have for more than 40 years at this point, about 45 years almost. And the relationship that we've had goes back to, like I said, the late 70s, where the auditorium was a little bit in shambles. And there was a community movement that kind of started around the festival, the people who created the festival right around that time to say, this would be a great place to perform, but we need to get some resources here to help fix it up. And it's hard to believe because it's so beautiful and incredible, this space, hard to believe that it was in disrepair and that um, it was basically being used for like 
inexpensive movies and people in the community would just go and pay like a quarter or something to get (laughs) (laughs) Um, which is also really cool but it needed some work and so people got together in the community and and fixed it up and since then the Chautauqua Association that runs that space has done a really incredible job of keeping up with all of them I mean there's a lot there's a lot of bad to do so we reside there my organization brings in an orchestra that's comprised of players from all over the country and in some cases all over the world. Kind of an all-star orchestra concept. It's an audition process, all of, you know, so these are like really, truly exceptional musicians. And then we um, we have a music director. I'm the executive director, so I oversee the, the um, administrative piece of all of it. But because I have a music background, I can speak the language and I understand what the needs are. But the person who comes up with the brilliant programming and who conducts the orchestra is Peter Unjin. Peter Unjin. Peter Unjin, yeah. And he's uh, really a world-renowned conductor. He was a violinist for decades, like a world-renowned violinist. He's toured the he's been in every concert venue in the world almost. I mean, the guy's incredible and we're lucky to have him. That piece of the administration is in great hands because he knows everyone. And so he brings them, he hires the uh, guest artists and, and creates the programming, hires the guest conductors. Like he's, he has his hands in that piece of it. And I just make sure that it happens. All the other stuff is, uh, you know, not just me personally, I have, I have a staff, like an incredible staff of people, but. Um, my role is to just make sure that everything goes as planned. And the season for the mm-hmm. concert, when does it start and when does it end? And can you let people know, like the costs? Uh, people who are coming into town may want to see. Yeah, the season is at the end of June this year. It starts on June 26th, I believe, and ends on August 6th. It's usually the last week of June through the first week of August. Mm-hmm. typically. And there are other performances that Chautauqua will present during that time and around that time as well. So pretty much any time between late May and maybe early October or so, you could catch something at Chautauqua. But our piece of it, the classical music part is end of June through early August. And um, gosh, the Price. It varies. As with a lot of orchestras, there are many different sections where you can sit, and some of them are pricier than others. But the range starts, I want to say, $18. $18. So, which is incredible, really. But that is an incredible price. Yeah. That's nothing for that type of quality. Yeah. For the level of performance. I mean, an example is Josh Bell is our artist in residence this summer. So, you know, when you have someone like Joshua Bell, who's about as world-renowned as a classical musician as you can find on the planet, and you can still get in like around the $20 mark to see it. Now, not to say those tickets might be gone already, but (laughs) (laughs) that said, it is possible to see us. One of the, the main points of our mission is to make sure that we remain accessible to the community. So we work really hard to offset the expenses of the orchestra with fundraising so that we can provide those level tickets with people. And we have a very generous community that helps us do that. Right now, oh. the Boulder community, the Chica- 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 
Chautauqua. Chautauqua. Thank you. <laughs> Tricky one. <laughs> Do you get more local people? When we were there and the concert was about to start, gosh, I, it was just wonderful to see all of the people from the neighborhood or a lot of the people from the neighborhood to come to the concert. But do you get a lot of other people from the Boulder community and say on the outskirts of Boulder or? We do. We pull people from all over the state. Mm. Oh, more than around 25% of the people that come to our concerts are from what we call the Denver metro region outside of Boulder. So a lot of from Denver. I mean, it's just a great, it's a good way to spend a day, right? You go to Boulder. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have all these incredible restaurants, and Chautauqua even has a beautiful restaurant. Um, it's just a lovely place to be, and a lot of people just take an opportunity to have a day trip and hop into Boulder. It's only about 30 minutes from Denver, really, in the car. It was nothing for so, us. Yeah, it's a pretty straightforward shot. It's really well located. It's not far from the airport. You know, Boulder is a city. I think what makes us a little bit unique from some of our festival counterparts is that we're not a vacation resort town where it's a city. So, you know, it feels like you're in a vacation resort town when you're on the Chautauqua campus, but the reality is you're five minutes away from like world-class restaurants and, you know, um, shopping. And then, you know, you're in a, mount a pretty large mountain town that has a lot of other things going on for it. So it's a fun place to spend. Um, and when you said people from the neighborhood, yes, a lot of the Chautauqua cottagers, people who are renting cottages or own cottages, they tend to be there in the summer. It's really busy because it's so beautiful. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Um, yes, you will see a group of people as we did that night walking, oh. walking down just to catch a concert, you know, a couple hundred feet from where they're living. And it's really, oh. it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Right. That is yeah. That is, um, and then we, we have audiences all over the world. I mean, our when we were virtual in 2020, we had 44, I believe, countries logging in to our programming. You know, we had people literally from all across the world watching, and that's a testament to our music director, the the way that people respect him and, and know who he is in the world, and also the, the guest artists and our musicians. Like they draw world audiences. That's awesome. It's such an honor to be able to see that type of talent, that world talent. And then you as the executive director, it was that was cool to <laughs> just to walk up in there and just to hear that the music that my wife would always talk about That's and that she was always wanting to yeah. play again. You know, do you still I can't remember if you told us, but do you still play? Not really. No. <laughs> no play well, first of all women, I have to say even though my wife said horn, just to clarify, the French horn, correct? French horn. Yeah, I know. Horn is sort of picky about, like, we are the horn. Other horns exist. But when you talk about the horn, it's French horn. Not French. It's really German. You know, we'll go and we'll cheer you. I'll leave that to uh, another podcast. That's a whole other topic. But <laughs> most of the time when I tell people, what instrument? I do have to say French horn, and it like part of me just like winches inside. I'm like, oh, it's wrong, but you know, <laughs> that's okay. I, you know, we get over it. But uh, yeah, that is the correct instrument, and it is. I I joke about it. It's not really like an instrument that you pick up at parties. <laughs> 
there's not really like something that you could just casually do. And it's not, you know, it's not welcome in people's living rooms usually. So, uh, <laughs> it's kind of an all or nothing. I find personally that if I'm not playing in an ensemble or something like specific, that it's really it's hard to be motivated and I don't have time given like everything that I'm doing professionally now I don't have a lot of time to commit to like putting practice in the instrument on a daily basis and the horn is really one that you you have to keep your musculature and your your breathing and everything has to be like tip top or you you're just gonna sound terrible and and I know your wife can attest to this like once you've achieved a certain level of performance yes, yes. You can't really accept anything less than like you know better, and it's and it's right. not fun. It's yeah. not fun to be bad at something that you used to be able to do, and it's not relaxing. Or you know, so, you know, the door's not closed for the rest of my life. But right now, I don't. Yeah, I understand. I get what you're saying. I just yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah, and it's not fun to play like with people that aren't at the level of the people that you used to play with too. Like make it. You get a little judgy in your mind, yeah. And it's and but you 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 also are not bringing the goods yourself, and it's like <laughs> I know you're not. I know I belong at this level right now, but I don't. Part of me doesn't accept. <laughs> I know. So that's it. It's, it's okay. okay. It's, it's, it's so okay. I, have, I have some problems, and that's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting into some deep psychological stuff here. I feel like I just need to make the trip. I need to make the trip to Colorado and bring dog in one time. Look at you, and I'll bring my horn, and we can just sup together. Yeah, there you go. Because we know, and we'll know. We'll, we'll be like <laughs> play some terrible duets, and we'll be like, we know we could do better than that. Maybe back in the day. Now I have to say, she was like the whippersnapper. Like she's really, let's just say, a little younger than I am, and um, came in, and I was, you know, like about to graduate, and here's this like whippersnapper coming in, and she's just like, <laughs> "Come on, babe, what's up?" Has a bunch of friends, and is like real social, and is really talented, and yeah, that's my that's my recollection. <laughs> See, that's why the story, and she's sticking to it. I am. Yeah. We want to talk about the coffee that you gave us, the coffee shop, which was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. Yes. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. I listened. I'm not, I didn't drink it this morning. I, I got another bag of something else because I was in a rush. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man. Like, that's, the, that's like my splurge. <laughs> I have. I want to get into this coffee shop. Now, see, I say this <laughs> coffee shop. I have to, I have to say the story. Tell the story. So Liz and I exchanged coffee beans. It was almost like we exchanged uh, soccer jerseys or something when we, <laughs> we parted each other. So I gave her a bag of my King's Road coffee. Yeah, and then Liz, Liz, I, all I remember is this, it was delicious when we got home and it was a blue, it was a beautiful blue. Mm-hmm. Bag. But what was the name of this coffee? Because you're a coffee, you're a coffee connoisseur as well. You're I'm so- a bit of a coffee snob. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, it just so happens that my office in Lafayette, Colorado, which is just outside of Boulder, and, and it's a music school, basically, um, our organization has the festival, but we also have a year-round music school. Mm-hmm. It's like right across the street from this great, bookstore slash coffee shop called the Red Queen. 
Ooh. And we go over there as staff members, you know, that's kind of a treat for us. Or sometimes if we want to meet, we'll just walk over there and get a little sunlight or something in the middle of the day. They have a blend that's their special blend that they get from a company called Ampersand. Ampersand. And Ampersand is a Boulder-based coffee company. And so they're distributing to like coffee shops and other places. And so that's what I gave you is the, the Red Queen special blend from Ampersand, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorites. And it's what I happen to have in my house at that time. And I was like, here, just take this. <laughs> and another one that I'll have to share with you, I'll have to send it to you, is um, there's a place in Louisville called Paul's Coffee. And yes. And I haven't, you haven't tasted that one yet, but that's another one that I'll, I'll send it to you. You can text me your address and I'll send yes. it to you. Paul is like sometimes just in, in the space roasting beans. Like you, you look back behind the counter and he's just back there with like a vat of beans roasting them. And it's just amazing to you. And there's a, there's one called the, I think it's Beethoven's breakfast blend that I, you know, they, actually donated to the organization at one point for some events, Aww. which was really sweet. And uh, we had some leftover. And so we kind of like distributed it among the staff. And it's like, oh, this is so good. Oh, so it's, a, <laughs> yeah, we're not, there are so many other incredible coffee shops in our area too. And a lot yes. of great roasters, but those are my, my two favorite. But the one I sent you home with was the Ampersand. Now, didn't yeah. you say that they were, um, did they donate proceeds or something? Besides, I think with Ampersand, there's a, yeah, there's a social connection. I think they support um, their organic growers. And I think they put a lot of resources back into those communities to make sure. I don't know the details, but I, I do know that they're, they have a consciousness. Of right. Them. I'm going to check awesome. them out. Yeah. It's just pretty typical for, you know, but Boulder can often operate that way. So you see a lot of that in Boulder, yeah. which is great. It's one of the things I love about it. Next time when we go, we have to just be tourists in Boulder. Boulder is beautiful. And it has, it's very, I don't know, would you call it eclectic, like a, an eclectic type of uh, community. You, you, yeah. It's completely different than, say, Vail or Aspen or Denver. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, a, it's where people live. And I, Vail and Aspen are incredible places. I mean, they're mm-hmm. stunning and everyone should go there too. I mean, if you're going, coming to Colorado, you should do all of it. They're not, you know, it's like a, a road trip. Yeah. But, and they have, um, I have friends who run incredible music festivals in those towns too. So mm-hmm. like, please, yeah, come see all of us. That, that would be our dream is that we can get a lot of tourists coming through like in waves. Now, Wait a so, minute. That would be cool. You know, like a, a symphony. Yeah. Like symphony a tour. Symphony. What do they call mm-hmm. it? Symphony crawl. Because they, they do yeah. crawls. Mm-hmm. And when there's a whole pocket of coffee that shop. would be incredible there's so many great ones and they're kind of like speckled along the the rocky mountain range you know and you can go all the way up to wyoming too mm-hmm. and pop over to idaho like we just there's a whole group of us and we um we all kind of know each other and, and really like each other and we think about how how can we like get uh this traffic we put ads in each other's programs right right so, the good group you know, anyway, yeah, that would be a dream, a dream trip for a lot of people. To, right. To well, actually, I would love to, to later, maybe we can email each other and I would just love those names of places and, mm-hmm. and maybe do like a little, I don't know, do like a, a little diagram of, of 
where these symphonies are in Aspen and Vale and I'm sure that would be on someone's bucket list who loves music like that. I could I could send you the ad that we just put together to put in everyone's program that lists all of them. Oh great. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. And where and what town they're in. Yeah. They're big this group goes out all the way to California and Oregon, Western, Western US. I have a question. You being an ex- executive director of the music festival, what advice would you give our youth out here who are, say, in high school and going to college or that age range where they are into music, they pick their instrument and they want to pursue something further? What advice would you give them out here in this big world? Well, there are a couple layers to that. One is just like, be good at what you do. Take it serious. If, if you're interested in going into something as a career, make sure that you have perspective about, you know, some people, depending on where you live, maybe you're aware of the level of performance that's happening outside of where you live, or maybe like you live in a big city and you're seeing, um, I used to run a, a, like manage a large youth orchestra program. And it's incredible, the talent that's out there. So think about where you are relative to everyone else in the country, you know, and there's a lot of videos right now. So I think the internet can help with that. But I think it's important to be aware of where you stand among your peers. And and, and it's a very, very competitive field if you want to be a performer. If you want to go into administration, um, it's terrific, very helpful and I think necessary to have a a working knowledge of being a musician as well. So that still applies. Be good at it because being good at it means that you can speak the language of people that are truly exceptional at it. At least you you appreciate them. You know what it takes for them to be able to achieve that level and being able to talk to them with that respect in your heart is critically important, I think, in the field, the way it, especially the way things have gotten a little bit challenging right now financially for a lot of organizations. So um, always come into every conversation with respect. And then the third and probably the last thing is a really big picture thing, but this is a perfect example for me, right? The minute you pick up an instrument or, or even start as a beginner, you're in it. You're going to meet people that you will see the rest of your life. Be a good person. <laughs> Don't behave terribly. Be a good person. Have integrity from day one. Like, just do it. Because I can't tell you how many people I, this is my maybe second or third podcast style or video style thing with people that I have met 20, 30 years ago. So if you think that you're off the radar when you're 19 years old, (laughs) you're not. (laughs) Yeah. And I think the same is true in a lot of fields, especially if you're an athlete or like if you're in a field that's kind of uh, the the world of music is small and everyone knows everyone. At least you, there's some six degrees of separation happening. Um, And it's real easy to to hear bad stories and, you know, that some of that you can't control and some of it's not true. But, you know, if you behave with integrity throughout your performance life or your musical life and you you are, are a person of integrity, I think that will serve you probably more than anything. 
Oh, that's such wonderful advice. And lastly, where can people find all of the concerts, uh, especially the concerts or the festivals that you are involved in? Are you guys on social media? Um, We are. A website? What are the names? Super easy. ColoradoMusicFestival.org. There you go. That's it. There you go. Right. Awesome. Man, this is this has been again such an honor. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. Time to lens is an honor. Yeah. So uh, I guess your face later on because you two have this this bond connection. This connection with music and all those years. That's so cool. It was like we just left off, you know. Yeah, I know. Years ago, it's like okay. Mm -hmm. Well, and you have not aged. Like you, you look the same too. It's crazy. Oh, I wish I felt the same. (laughs) Ray, me too. Oh my gosh! It all comes flooding back because it's like, well, this is exactly the same person. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Liz. Thank you. you. Well, great to see you again. You too. You have a great one. You too. Take care. I'm Portia White, and I hope you've enjoyed today's conversation. I'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, betterwithacupofcoffee.com. If you want to be a guest on our show, email me at cupofconnections at gmail.com. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review our podcast and join us again soon on Cup of Connections.